This is the Digital Agency Insiders Podcast. Inside, you'll learn how to build, grow, and scale your digital marketing agency all from the comfort of your favorite coffee shop. Let's get started with the show. and welcome back to another episode of the Digital Agency Insiders podcast, the podcast that gives you a little inside look into how entrepreneurs have built and grown their digital marketing agencies. I am your host, Tabitha Thomas. And if this is your first time listening, can I just go and encourage you to hit that subscribe button as we release new episodes each and every Tuesday. So today I have with me Amy Foley. Amy is the co-founder of Inbound Back Office. Now Inbound Back Office is a plug and play system made of teams of virtual assistants specializing in supporting inbound marketing agencies, generally working with HubSpot. They believe getting administrative support shouldn't be complicated, and I'm inclined to agree with that. So, Amy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Tabitha. Yeah. So, I usually always open the podcast up in the same way, because it's, it's the one question that I always have for everybody, and that's, what did the path look like that led you to becoming an entrepreneur in the first place? Because everybody's story is so, <laughs> so drastically different. I just enjoy hearing you know, what, what got you to where you are today? Sure. Yeah. Um, definitely wasn't a straight path. That's for sure. Um, it never is. So, yeah. That's what I'm finding out. Um, so I have always been, um, just, you know, just an administrative assistant. Um, that's where my strengths were. Um, my father owned a business and summers I would work in his office. And that's where I learned, you know, how to use a computer and how to do basic accounting. And I mean, just anything they needed, they just taught me how to do and I did it. Um, so, you know, I went to school and um, uh, got degrees, but it just seemed like nothing fit. Um, like I always had this drive to like do more, but it seemed like there was no place for me except this administrative role. Mm -hmm. And when you do an administrative role, what I have learned is that if you're good at it, people don't want to promote you out of it, even though you can do other things. And so they might say you're promoted, but you still are doing those administrative things. <laughs> um, and you're not being paid for two jobs. Um, so yeah. you know, I even went as far as getting a master's degree so that I could become a software tester and was promoted to software testing, but was still the receptionist and still doing all the admin stuff. And so, so almost like being punished for being good at your job. <laughs> exactly. And that's how it always felt. And I, I mean, I'm in a small town and so it, it just felt like there was no, like I had no resources I felt like, and it was before the internet was really the internet. Um, mm -hmm. So like, I just felt stuck. And so I just felt like that was all I had. So then uh, when my son was three, he broke his femur. And um, if I never knew this, but when you're a child and you break your femur, you need to be put into a half body cast mm -hmm. for about three or four weeks. And so I, I mean, it required two adults just to, you know, bathe and, you know, mm -hmm. get them to the bathroom and all of that. So I had to be home. And um, I asked my my employer, if I could work from home during those weeks so that I wouldn't, you know, lose any money and wouldn't leave them in the lurch. And so they reluctantly agreed. And what I found was that I loved it so much. Um, even though it was hard, like yeah. I was able to get up early and get a bunch of work done before anybody was awake. And then I 
didn't feel terrible about taking care of my family. And then, you know, I could just mm -hmm. work when I wanted to, I could work after they went to bed. And so when I went back, I asked them if I could, you know, maybe work out some type of, you know, maybe part-time working from home. And this was before working from home was really, you know, the in thing. And so yes. um, they said, absolutely not. That will not work for us. And Even so though you just made it work for three weeks. Exactly. <laughs> I, I was, said I was the, ca the case study, like it worked and I actually was more efficient. I got more work done. Um, there was literally nothing lost because of it. And they just, it was very much like, no, we just need to be in the office. So that's when I started my search for, you know, kind of like ways that I could work from home. Um, and so I, I had, I had been very active on Twitter. So I knew a lot of people who were like bloggers and things like that. So I just kind of reached out and was like, Hey, does anybody know of any work from home opportunities? So someone gave me a, um, a lead on a part-time work from home job that I was able to do nights and weekends. So I did that for a long time. And then they finally had a full-time position open up. And so I took that and it was amazing. It was challenging to transition um, because my, my youngest was just in kindergarten. So he was still home half the day. And so I was like, Oh, I can do it. And I was like, yeah, this is really hard. It sucks. It is. <laughs> um, so once I started getting into the groove of the job and working from home, I realized I had a lot of time on my hands. And so I was like, well, I'm really good at administrative work. So maybe I try like freelancing, make a little extra money and, you know, just see what happens. So I ended up getting, I mean, I just slapped up like some random little website. I didn't know what I was doing. It just basically had a little bit of information and a way to contact me. And um, I just went onto Twitter and I was just like searching for people who are looking for virtual assistants. And I just reach out to them and be like, Hey, check me out. If you want to talk, let me know. And that's when I met Michael Reynolds, who's my business partner now. And he was actually my very first client. Um, I learned all about, cause he was an agency owner at the time. Mm -hmm. So I learned all about HubSpot. I learned all about inbound marketing and they were willing to teach me things I didn't know. Um, they, they were really amazing. And that's really, you know, where I started getting more confidence because I was like, wow, like I can do other things and it's okay. <laughs> uh, and so I just started, you know, really niching towards marketing agencies and who I was working with. And I mean, that side of my career kind of blew up and I left my full-time job and just kind of went out on my own. And, um, at some point I got so busy that I started having to hire people to help me. Uh, and then it got too big for me to handle on my own. And Michael and I talked and he was like, well, you know, I know how to run a team and an agency and do payroll and taxes and things like that. And so he's like, what if we, you know, kind of built this thing together. So we joined forces and officially launched inbound back office in March of 2018. Nice. Um, so entrepreneurship was never something that I was like, that's what I want to do. Yeah. Um, even today, like I still like just think of myself as like work. I just feel like a team member, just like everybody else on the team. Like I do not feel like I'm like some business owner. Like mm -hmm. I don't, I struggle when people ask me what I do. Like, <laughs> that's so funny. Cause people ask me what I do and my, my kids, if anybody asks them, they're like, Oh, she plays on Facebook all day. That's what mom does all day. <laughs> I was yes. like, I was like, 
technically, I guess, kind of, because a lot of the stuff we have is on Facebook, but exactly. <laughs> it's not yes. how most people, you know, play on Facebook. So right. that's a, a wonderful story. And it's so funny because so many people are different. You have half people that are like, they knew when they were seven and they opened up this stand selling stuff to other kids that they knew they wanted to be an entrepreneur. And then the other half of the people are like, nope, not at all what I wanted. And it just found a need and filled that need. And it was incredible. So, uh, so yeah, tell us a little bit about inbound marketing. What all do you guys do there? Uh, you said it started officially in 2018. So what, you know, up until that point, was it something else and then became inbound marketing? So before it became inbound back office, it was really just Amy Metherell at the time, uh, virtual assistant. And I just had people in the background helping me. <laughs> That's really gotcha. what it was. Um, and then I was like, look, it's, I'm, I'm getting out of the actual doing of the work and mm -hmm. you know, it's not just me. So realized we needed to make a change. And I literally like, I mean, I call, I was calling it inbound back office before Michael and I, you know, officially launched it on its own. Um, Gotcha. And, um, I just, you know, I got a, a logo off of Fiverr, like somebody created it for me. Like I did everything. So on the cheap, like it was so simple and so basic. I was like, Oh, let's try and see if it works. And I mean, nobody cared. Like they no. you know what they cared about. They cared that their work was getting done. It was quality and you know, it was fast. So, and, and they weren't spending a million dollars to get it done. So, and they didn't have to do the work themselves. So that's really what they cared about. So that's kind of where, you know, I just put all of our focus on yeah. like, that side of things. Um, and so it, it really originated as just like, you know, general admin type of work. Mm -hmm. And then once we started adding people to the team who had different specialties, like content writers, I was like, oh, that's a new service. Cause that's not yeah. something I was ever very skilled at. So I didn't really offer that as a service, but now I have somebody who knows how to write content. So yeah, we do, we do content writing too. And then, so it just kind of evolved like that based on the people we were bringing in to help. And I was like, oh, this is great. Um, and a lot of them were like people that uh, were referred, you know, by other people that I knew. So it wasn't mm -hmm. like I was going out and, you know, actually actively hiring for these positions. It was like, oh, hey, you know, my friend would like to work from home and has these skills. Um, do you have a spot for her? And I'd be like, yes, let's do it. Um, I mean, I was paying people through PayPal, like keeping track of everything on a spreadsheet. It was, it was very barbaric. And that's when Michael was like, Hey, it looks like you could use some help. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, you just yeah. did what you had to do to get it off the ground. And I mean, I, I'm very action oriented. So like I'm, it, sometimes it, it can seem a little reckless in that like a lot of times I don't really think things through the whole way. I'm just like, let's just go do it. Um, yeah. We'll see what happens. I mean, there's no way to really predict exactly what's going to happen. I mean, mm -hmm. you can think about like, these are the things that could happen, but you really don't know until you actually do it. And I find that I'm much more apt to actually follow through on things if I just get started. That's awesome. And so many people are so opposite of that. They are so crippled by fear of what could be that they never even take the step because they just clam up and they're like, I don't, I don't know if I could, I don't, I don't have this workout or it's not perfect. It can't, they can't launch it until it's perfect. And so right. seeing somebody that just takes action is so refreshing. So that right. is amazing. Absolutely. And, and, you know, one of our big things is, is getting feedback. Like, 
I, I kind of, the way, so I now do all of the sales uh, for inbound back office. Michael does all the, you know, payroll and, and taxes and all that stuff that I don't have a brain for, but um, I do the sales. And the, one of the big things that I, I use is that, you know, we, we are human beings. We're, you know, we are good at a lot of things. We also make mistakes and like, it's a constant improvement type of environment. And feedback, feedback, feedback. Like mm -hmm. I want it all. If you tell me that our team did something that's terrible, I want to know about it so that we can fix it. So that, you know, if, even if you don't ever want to work with us again, that somebody else doesn't experience that same thing. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of what gives me the confidence to be like, let's just get it out there. Let's just, you know, do it and we'll fix things along the way. Gotcha. So what, so what exactly makes an ideal client for inbound back office? So, um, obviously marketing agency, uh, we, we also, we, so we'll work with, um, like individual marketing consultants who are just kind of like starting out, uh, mm -hmm. who are trying to, you know, do everything, uh, and don't have the time to do everything. Um, I would say that mostly people who are not m micromanagers, um, and I would say probably small to medium-sized agencies are probably the best fit. Um, a lot of times with the larger agencies, there tend to be too many cooks in the kitchen. And mm -hmm. we found that, you know, sometimes like there will be multiple departments delegating work to us. And then the people who are paying the bills are like, wait a minute, like they're not mm -hmm. talking to each other. And there tends to be a lot of miscommunication when there's too many people involved. So small to medium size, um, who either a just, you know, don't want to hire in house, um, but want help scaling or B, you know, just need some help to kind of fill in gaps where, you know, they, you know, uh, currently they have to lay off people, uh, mm -hmm. temporarily, but they still need help getting the work done or like, you know, somebody goes on maternity leave and they, mm -hmm. you know, they know that person's coming back, but for those, you know, however many months they need help. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't make sense to hire somebody, get them all trained, um, and then have to probably let them go again. So, yeah. So what so, kind of tasks are the, the people doing? What kind of work do you guys oh, do? I yeah. mean, we talk about, I mean, it's, it's probably a wide range of things, but let's go through some of those. Yes. Um, so we have, uh, we have so many services now. So we have everything from general admin, content creation. We do organic social media. We do the digital advertising with like AdWords and Facebook ads, LinkedIn ads. We do web development, uh, both HubSpot and other platforms. We do, um, we have HubSpot specialists who specialize on the marketing side of HubSpot. Um, and uh, we've got SEO specialists, uh, video editing and production specialists, podcast specialists, graphic designers. Um, I know there's people I'm missing. <laughs> we have sales assistants. Uh, we have project managers. So, I mean, really, I mean, we could with somebody from each of our teams probably run an agency ourselves. Yes. And we even have people who can help with the strategy side too. Nice. Nice. So looking through the website and looking at the team, I was scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. You guys have so many people. I know. How many do you know? I mean, do you know the number? How many people do you work, have working with you guys now? Yeah. Today, the number is 62. Wow. Uh, we, I feel like we are constantly hiring though. So I feel that number is, our goal is to get to a hundred by the end of the year. That's incredible. So, especially, you know, t t right now with, you know, industries kind of 
you know, kind of not necessarily slow, but you know, things are kind of rough right now with the whole. They're definitely protecting their marketing budgets. We have felt that for sure. <laughs> yes, for sure. So do you guys hire everyone on or is everyone contractor or how does that work with you guys? Yep. Everyone is a W2 employee okay. of inbound back office. So they're all invested in the success of inbound back office. Um, yeah. Yeah. So they're your, they work for you and not really working for a bunch of different people. They're just working on the tasks for you guys. So that's right. And they are, they are all part-time. Um, I mean, they can kind of really dictate how much they want to work. Um, and then we just hire on, you know, as we get more clients that, you know, for each team, once they start getting to their max capacity, whatever that is, Mm -hmm. we just add more people to the team. Um, and, and there are some people on the team who do, you know, freelance on the side. Um, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. So when it comes to finding, agencies, do people usually approach you or do you guys have a process for reaching out to potential clients? Uh, right now we are getting clients solely based on referral business. Um, okay. so, um, Michael will like, he's, he's all over Facebook. I hate Facebook, so I don't try, try <laughs> not to go near it at all, but, um, he is in an agency Facebook group. And if people ask for specific things like, Hey, do you know anybody who can design a logo for me or whatever? Um, he'll just be like, Hey, check us out. You know, mm-hmm. um, not super salesy, but it'll just giving him the information. And then, so I get a lot of, you know, um, calendar bookings through that for sales calls. And then, um, the other is just referrals from current clients. That's incredible. That's incredible. So what does the process look like once you get a client, you've, you've had the sales call. They're like, yes, I need somebody from your team to help me up. What does that, what does that process look like once you get somebody on there? Is there a, is there a, a onboarding strategy or anything like that that you guys do? Yeah. Um, we keep it super simple. So we have a, a short contract that we have them fill out. And then once they fill that out, our client success manager reaches out to them to schedule a kickoff call. And she has a kickoff call with them to find out, you know, where they want to start because we have so many services. A lot of times people will, um, they might just want to try us out with one thing to start just Mm -hmm. to see how it all works. Um, so she'll kind of gauge where they want to start and then, uh, connect them with the right specialist on the team. Um, and then that person, the agency will work directly with that specialist as if they were part of the team. So Mm -hmm. they'll add them to their project management tool if they have one. Um, so we don't have any type of tools that we require them to use. So it's super easy. It's just like they were hired somebody onto their team um, and they can give them an email address at their domain if they need to. Um, so completely white labeled um, and they have full access to that person. And then, you know, if they need other services, uh, we connect them with those people. And then sometimes clients will use so many services that they just don't even want to figure out how to manage it. So they'll connect with one of our project managers who will then be kind of like that, you know, Hey, you just give everything to me and I'll make sure it gets done. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it acts as like a single point of contact. That's makes it so much easier when mm-hmm. you have somebody that can, you know, juggle those kind of things as, and I saw some of your background, you used to be a project manager too. I and did. I did too. So I know exactly. I always described it as, um, like a, um, now I'm losing my words here. A uh, person that, flags planes coming in and out. What is the air, air traffic controller? There's the oh, yeah. It's like, it's like throwing a bunch of paper in the air and making sure none of them hit as they're coming down. Oh, gosh. <laughs> That's yeah. what it feels like as a project manager. Cause it's just chaos, just utter chaos a lot of times. So yes, I used to call myself the ringleader of the circus. Like that sounds accurate. <laughs> 
That sounds accurate. Very much so accurate. So, so, you know, starting this business and growing it, what, and a lot of people ask these questions is what did the first six months look like when you guys, when you first started by yourself and then once you and Michael kind of teamed up together, what were some of the hurdles that you guys went through um, to get to where you are today? Well, when I was doing it solo, um, there just weren't enough hours in the day. Um, And I, I mean, I'm a self-proclaimed workaholic. I've gotten a lot better over the years. Um, I've learned how to actually relax, but um, I, I mean, I just, I just really enjoy working. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, there were a lot of late nights, there were a lot of early mornings, there was a lot of, you know, you guys are on your own for dinner kind of thing. <laughs> um, and Cereal then once, for dinner. <laughs> I mean, for it works, <laughs> especially now my kids are older. So I'm mm-hmm. like, Hey, you guys can actually use the stove. So go make yourself something. <laughs> yep. Um, but once I started bringing people on, um, that was even hard because I had trouble controlling, like I knew what the clients were expecting as far as what they got from me and mm-hmm. like turnaround times and responsiveness and not everybody's like me. And that was very hard for me to get used to. It still is. Um, luckily I'm kind of further removed from the people actually doing the work. So, which is a good thing for them because I'd be all over them all the time and they don't need that. Um, but, uh, it, that was really hard for me to get over, like allowing them to serve these customers that I had served for so long. Now the newer customers who didn't have that expectation set, it was much easier. Yeah. Um, but those clients who I had been working with for years and finally was like, look, I can't do it all. So you're going to work with this person, but she's really great. Um, and then they would come back to me and, you know, hearing those, you know, bits of bad feedback was kind of hard, but it was definitely a good learning experience. The other thing that was really challenging was hiring. Mm. Um, once we actually had to go out and, and hire people that we didn't know, um, that was really challenging. Um, it, it was really hard to learn what to look for, um, and what like things to rule out. Like in the beginning, like it felt like we were so desperate, like I was was so desperate to get somebody in here. So I would just like ignore red flags that I saw and I'd be like, no, it's fine. It's totally fine. This person's great. They have a great Mm -hmm. personality and, and I'm sure they can do the work. Um, and then, you know, inevitably it would end badly. Uh, Mm -hmm. so we really had to tighten up our like pre-screening type of, you know, process because it, now that's going to cut down on the number of applicants that we actually get to talk to, but they're much higher quality. Um, mm-hmm. And it still today feels like a struggle to be like, oh, you know, we're, we're not getting these good applicants, but then we finally find a golden nugget and that's the person we spend our time talking to. Um, it actually works out much better. Um, yeah. I so was, was there any red flags that pop up that you're, that you're like, that is definitely not somebody will want. Is there anything like that? That's just, you know, what are those? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, I would say, uh, so we pay everybody on an hourly rate. So I would say anybody who, you know, they say they want a certain hourly rate. Our rate is lower that we're willing to start at and they decide that they'll come down. That never works out. Um, it's interesting because I've done that before, uh, at a job where I'm like, okay, you know what? I'll do it. Um, I really it's usually, job. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, what I found is that a month later, they realized that they're not happy um, because they took the pay cut and they're already looking for another job that's going to pay what mm. they actually wanted. Like they think they want it and that they'll be fine, but then they find that they can't when they actually are doing it. Um, so that is always something that I ask about their minimum hourly rate requirement before we move any further. Um, even if you post the hourly rate in the job ad, uh -huh. people do not read. I also, something else I've started doing is adding like a question, like, um, it's kind of like a test uh -huh. in the job ad, like uh -huh. in your cover letter, tell me X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. and so I do the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah. If they, yeah. Don't, if they don't answer that question, I know they did not read the full job description. You're not a detailed enough person to read the, yeah, I'm the same way. I'm like, I'll yep. ask some weird question and ask for like specific one, two, three things. Yes. And if they don't, yeah, you automatically you're out. Exactly. Or if they just don't do a cover letter, because clearly, you know, I've asked you a question mm -hmm. and for something specific. So that's just like a little way that we can kind of test, you know, before you even get into the process of, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You're able just to go right through and just weed them all out, which helps save a whole lot of time because I mean, a lot what I found before I started doing that is a lot of people look really great in a resume and I'm like, oh, yeah, this person is amazing. But then when I talk to them, I'm like, this person is not amazing. <laughs> They're just good at writing resumes. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So those are a couple of the red flags that stand out to me. Yeah, definitely. Well, and that little trick of putting, if anybody is listening, if you're looking for employees, throw that little trick in there and you oh, will yeah. weed people out quickly. And it, it could be something, I mean, I always make it related to that specific job and something I would ask in the interview anyway about that job, yeah. but just so that I'm sure that they are actually paying attention and not just, you know, applying to every single thing. And I mean, read the cover letter. I've gotten cover letters that are like, you know, say, I, in response to your job ad for X, and that's not what our job was for. It's <laughs> mm. like somebody had that for a different resume and didn't exactly. They didn't just remember to update it. Exactly. <laughs> so not very detail oriented. And that's something that's definitely needed. So uh, since you've been running a business for a while, what is your absolute favorite part of running a business? I'm going to go with not taxes and payroll. <laughs> no, I don't like that part. <laughs> I don't like messing with other people's money. Uh, so I would say being able to help people. Uh, so we have the ability to help a, the marketing agencies, but even more so we are able to employ people and give them flexibility. And that was something that I, I mean, when I, when, when I first started this, it's not something that I really thought of, but now when I look back, I'm like, that is something I needed. Mm -hmm. back when my kids were real little and I wanted to be there with them. Um, and if, if a company like this had been around, like I would have taken that in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. But now that now I can make that available to other parents who want to stay at home, or even if you're not a parent, it doesn't matter. Whatever your reasons for wanting that flexibility, I can give that to you. And that to me, I, I love that. Like, I just love it. I mean, we have people who have been with us for years and years and they just love it. I mean, you know, you're not gonna, you know, make a million dollars a year here, but you're gonna have the flexibility. And, you know, we're very much like, you know, we've got people who work in the middle of the night because that's when it works for them. We've got people who, you know, will work during regular business hours because that's what works for them. Mm -hmm. um, they just, they have that option and they get to be, you know, treated like an adult really. Yeah. So. Well, and it's, it's more of a, a relationship 
with you and the employees and not just a, I'm over you telling you what to do. It's exactly. we're, we're in this together. And that Absolutely. is a whole different feeling. So does 100%. everybody. 100%. Yes. We are hundred percent remote. Yep. Uh, we're all in the U S but we're hundred percent remote. Well, that was before even coronavirus hit. Mm-hmm. So you guys, wait, I've, I've worked from home for the last eight, nine, nine years. And I'm like, everybody's like, how have you done it? I'm like, it's just it's normal for me now. <laughs> oh yeah. It was, I mean, when this all hit, I, it was just like, it's just business as usual for me. Yeah. Like, Everybody's like, how are you doing? I'm like, uh, yeah, fine. <laughs> I mean, the only change was that now my, it's 13, my 13 year old was here, but I mean, he knows how to do school on his own and yeah. You know. That's what I said. I was like, I'm used to working at home. I'm not used to having a three-year-old on the side of my head as I'm working. <laughs> yeah, that has been a challenge. I have three little ones at home. So oh my gosh. That was, yeah. Not, I'm ready for school to start back up. Please start back up. <laughs> oh, I know. Same. Yeah. Because mine is an, a very much an extrovert and, and I'm such an introvert. Like I could get lost in work for hours and not even realize there's other people around. And oh, wow. so like he'll come out of his room and he's like, Hey, and he just wants to talk and talk. Uh-huh. And I'm like, Hey, I got a bunch of stuff to do right now. Like <laughs> I am the exact same way. He ne- it never fails. He'll walk in while I'm working. I'm like, where are you at eight o'clock at night when I'm just, you know, chilling? Exactly. Like, that's not when you want to talk. It's always when the middle we of the We sit together at dinner and you're sitting on your phone watching YouTube. Huh. <laughs> that's the same time. We have the same child, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so when did the podcast inbound back office come into play? So I noticed you're 140 episodes in congratulations. Thank you. Um, so what made you guys want to even start a podcast? Well, this was something that Michael made me do. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't want to do it. I was terrified and I was like, nobody wants to listen to me on a podcast. He's like, Oh no, this will be great. You'll just interview marketing agency owners. It'll be super easy. And the first couple episodes I was like, this is horrifying. Um, I hate this. But then once I got it down to a science, now I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. Um, yeah. Because, you know, agency owners, everybody wants to be on it. Like mm-hmm. they all just want to do it. Um, even though, I mean, I don't even know what our stuff, I don't even pay attention. People ask me sometimes like, oh, how many listeners do you have? I'm like, I don't know. I just record it. <laughs> I'm not the data person. <laughs> Um, but you know, most people just want to be on it to share their knowledge. Um, mm-hmm. and, and the way I kind of see it now that we have so many episodes is kind of like a giant mastermind group mm-hmm. where like agency owners can come and see like a specific topic that they might, you know, want to learn more about. And another agency owner might be a really good expert at that particular thing. So, you know, I love that everybody's just helping each other learn and become better at marketing really. Mm-hmm. That's what's great about our community is that everybody is willing to help and, and get their stuff out there. So I couldn't agree more with that. So, so where do you go for advice or what activities do you enjoy when you feel stressed or overwhelmed? Or do you ever feel stressed and overwhelmed since you are a workaholic? <laughs> um, yes, this is actually a huge focus of mine right now. Um, so I've actually been just like a chronic stress junkie since I was a teenager. I mean, I remember when I was a junior in high school thinking I had an ulcer because I was just like, I, I mean, it's most of it is very self-induced. I mean, I put a lot of pressure on myself. Um, but, uh, so this, this year in particular, I have really been working on stress reduction and, um, 
and that sort of thing. I've always been a runner. So I always just thought, oh, well, as long as I just run all the time, like that reduces my stress, right? Yeah. Um, what I'm learning is that I probably exercise too much and that's probably stressing my body too. So, you know, <laughs> too much of a good thing. Um, but I have been doing much better at um, really getting good at scheduling things on my calendar. Um, so if it's on my calendar, that will happen and it will happen at the time that it says. So um, even so if it's for stuff for yourself, do you schedule things for yourself in there? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Good. My, my runs are on there. And if I'm going to do a different type of workout, it's on there. If I'm going to, you know, if it's time, you know, just for my husband, um, that's on there. It's, it's all on there. Walking the dog, it's all on there <laughs> because otherwise I'll just work. will just take over. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've also gotten really good at stopping working at a particular time during the day. That's I'm good. not perfect at it. Someday, I mean, last night I remember we were getting ready to go to bed and I snuck a peek of my email and my husband's like, what are you doing? <laughs> He's real good at holding me accountable. Just, just one little thing. Just one little thing. I, just real quick. <laughs> oh, it's such an addiction. Um, <laughs> but I've also been doing a lot of like, uh, you know, I've been trying to get more into meditation um, trying to do some other types of activities that are not work related, just like taking a break and eating lunch outside to get some mm. fresh air away from my computer. Trying I'm to notorious for that. Lunch. I'll get lunch and come right back to my desk and I eat know. here and never get up. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's terrible for you. Um, and we know this logically, but yet we just keep doing it. And yeah. It's, There's not enough hours, just not enough hours in the day. There are not enough hours. That is so true. And, and what's interesting is that once, once we started having a good system at inbound back office, like, and I, my, you know, the work that I needed to do started to lessen, I was like, well, now what do I do with my time? And so I went out and started consulting, like, I just fill it with more work because yeah. I'm like, I don't know what else to do. This is always what I've, I've just always been a worker. Like, yeah a good deal of my life. I've always had two jobs at least. Like yeah. I just, I don't know what else to do. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I was say, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but we do need to relax every so often. Yeah. So everything in moderation is what I'm told. Yes. I'm not really yes. good at that. I'm really more of an all in kind of person, but working on it. <laughs> yeah. Always a, always a, a process and, and daily, daily things we have to do daily. So yeah. the last question that I always like ending podcast with is, is there anything that you're currently reading, watching, or listening to that is helping you grow as a person, as an entrepreneur, as a mom? <laughs> sure. So, um, I mean, I listen to tons of podcasts and I listen to audiobooks all the time. Um, so, uh, but the one thing that I will stand out since we were talking about stress reduction, um, that I just recently started using that I feel has greatly helped, uh, with reducing stress is the calm app. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I just, uh, you know, so, somebody told me about it a while ago and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the one day I was like, you know, what? I'm just going to try this out and see if it works. And, um, I got it and I did sign up for the subscription um, cause you know, all in, <laughs> and, um, I actually have found myself using it a lot. Like I do the mood check-ins all the time. And then, which makes me think like, why am I feeling that way? What can I do to, you know, to adjust yeah. that, you know? Yeah. Um, and they have a daily meditation that's, you know, 10 minutes, that's it. 
Um, and it just guides you through a meditation. Um, super easy. You don't have to sit there and, you know, go, how long have I been sitting here? Um, yeah. I've got so much to do. Why am I still God. sitting here? Yes, Seriously. that's totally me. Um, well, you know, at 4.45 in the morning when you wake up, you know, it's good to do first thing in the morning. That's Are you thing. that early of a riser? Yeah. Oh it used to be earlier. But. Is that so you can get your run in? Um, no, I don't run until a little later. Um, it's just so I can like just have some quiet to just like prepare for the day. And I like, I like to stretch when I get up and some every once in a while, like I'll use that time to go downstairs and, and get like a, a weightlifting workout in uh -huh. a quick one. Um, but I like to run when it's, I don't like to run in the dark. Um, yeah. I, I had a, a bad experience one time and I was like, nope, never doing that never again. again. So <laughs> wait till the sun comes up to do my run. Um, but yeah, I do like to have that time in the morning just to kind of ease into the day because I am, I will get super stressed if I feel rushed. Uh. And so like, I learned that a long time ago when my kids were little, like I have to get up before everybody, at least an hour before everybody else so that I can just be like, okay. Well, in you time without everybody else coming at you. Yes. <laughs> well, Amy, where can people learn more about you and about Inbound Back Office? So I am huge on LinkedIn, um, Amy Foley. And um, also uh, I've been getting a little more active on Instagram and my name is Amy Foley 721 on there. And then uh, our website is inboundbackoffice.com. All right. All right. Well, I love it. You guys, uh, Amy, it's been a great uh, getting to know you and talking thank with you. you about the, uh, about the agency. So thanks so much. Thank you for having me. All right, guys, we'll see you next Tuesday. You've been listening to the digital agency insiders podcast for more tutorials on growing your digital marketing agency. Make sure to visit digital agency insiders.com.